Hey, welcome to Belltown Church's podcast. My name is Joey and I'm one of the lead pastors here. I'm so grateful that you are tuning in. If there's any way that we could serve you in these challenging and uncertain times, email us at help at belltownchurch.com. I hope that this teaching inspires you, that it challenges you, that it ultimately reveals Jesus and his love for you. Now let's get to the teaching. Hey, if you're just tuning in, my name's Joey. I am one of the lead pastors here at Belltown Church. Wasn't worship so good? Man, there's nothing like pursuing the presence of Jesus. That's actually part of our mission statement. That's one of the pillars here for us at Belltown Church. We just so radically believe that one encounter with Jesus, we will never be the same. That's that's as an individual, as well as a collective community. As we encounter the presence of Jesus, as we pursue the presence and the person of Jesus, we will never leave the same. We're going to continue our teaching series called Becoming. I can't see your hands. I can't hear you shout at me, but come on, show me your hands. Go ahead and shout at me for those of you in the back, those of you that have been inspired, challenged by this series called Becoming. I know I have. I know I have. It's been real good. We're going to continue it. And if you um, are taking notes, which I hope you are, at the top of your note-taking device, go ahead and write this down. This is the subject that we will be rallying around for today. Write this down, becoming like Jesus. Becoming like Jesus. Before I open up the scriptures and we go in to unpack what it means to become like Jesus, if there's one thing that you can walk away with today that I would hope that you would walk away with today, it's this one thing. Go ahead and write this down. God's purpose for you and I is to become like Jesus. God's ultimate purpose for you and I is to become like Jesus. I'm going to impact that a little bit more. But before I do, let's open up the scriptures, okay? So open up your Bibles to Psalm 27. Psalm 27, verse 4. Psalm 27, verse 4. This psalm is written by King David. This psalm was written toward the end of his life. So David had, high, had experienced high highs, had experienced low lows. And so this is kind of the climactic conclusion of his own life. And he pens it here in Psalm 27. But we read specifically in Psalm 27 verse 4 these words. Psalm 27, verse 4, it says this. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the one thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the one thing I seek most. Would you pray with me? Bow your heads, let's close our eyes, let's pray. Father, thank you for every single person tuning in tonight. Lord, we are thankful. We are thankful for what you are doing in our lives. I pray that in these next few moments, Holy Spirit, come, open up our eyes to see you, open up our ears to hear your voice. I pray that you would do what I can't do in these next few moments. 
Lord, we love you and we're thankful for you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Well, have you ever wanted to be like someone? Come on, think about, think back to your childhood. When you were a kid, who did you want to be like? Think back to your teenagers. Who did you want to become? Who did you want to be like? I know for me, and this may not be a surprise to many of you, but for me when I was a kid, the one person I wanted to be like was Mike. I wanted to be like Michael Jordan, man. That was that was my that was my hero. That was the guy that I I, I obsessed over. Um, so much so that I remember that when I was in when I was in second grade in Mr. Culbertson class, Mr. Culbertson would get mad at me all the time. He would say things like, "Joey, stop drawing the number 23 on all of your homework, on all of your tests." See, I was so obsessed with the with Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls that I couldn't help but draw the Chicago Bulls logo on everything. I couldn't help but dress in black and red like the Chicago Bulls. I couldn't help to write number 23 on everything and all things that I could. You see, as a little kid, I understood a very important concept. I understood this idea that my obsession, if I could just be fixated on one thing that I actually might become like that one thing or that one person. And I actually believe that that's a God-given gift. I actually believe it's a God-given gift because it is in our intrinsic nature that God has so built into us to become like Jesus. God's ultimate purpose for you and I is to become like Jesus. I actually want to unpack those things by uh, looking at four different ideas. But before I do, some of you maybe are overwhelmed with the idea that God's purpose for you is to become like Jesus. You might be overwhelmed with it. You might have anxiety when you hear that. The things like that might rise up because you're like, doesn't God know who I am? Doesn't, isn't God aware of my struggles and my failures? Isn't God aware that, man, I mess things up all of the time? And maybe I don't even mess things up all the time, but I fall short. I fall short. And so I've settled into who I've become today. Can I just tell you this right now? God loves you right where you're at. But he loves you too much to leave you that way. God loves you so much right where you're at. He'll take you. He'll take all of your brokenness. He'll take all of your failures. He'll take all of your shortcomings. He loves you right where you are. But friends, his love is too good to leave you that way. You see, God welcomes you. He welcomes you no matter what you've done, no matter how you got things wrong. God welcomes you with wide open arms, but the reality is, is God unquestionably calls you to become more and more like Jesus. So you don't have to be overwhelmed at this idea. See, oftentimes we become overwhelmed because we have this false idea of how, uh, of God's expectations of us. Friends, rest today and God's unquestionable love for you, but also have open ears to the idea 
to the fact, to the promise of God that he's calling you to become like Jesus. Something we need to realize is becoming like Jesus is God's idea. It wasn't any philosopher of old idea. It wasn't some scholar from the early ancient church. It wasn't his idea. It wasn't my idea. Becoming like Jesus is God's idea. And we actually see this unpacked through all of the scriptures that this isn't just one, this isn't just, you know, something that comes out of one or a few verses. It's throughout the entire narrative of God's word. Here are four kind of main pillars for us to kind of wrap around, wrap our, wrap our minds around in the idea of becoming like Jesus is God's idea. Number one is, it was God's idea from eternity past for us to be like Jesus. Number two, it was God's idea from the moment of creation for us to be like Jesus. Number three, it is God's idea for us today that we become like Jesus. Number four, I love this one. It is God's idea in the future for us to become like Jesus. Romans 8.29. Romans 8.29, it says this, For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn of many brothers and sisters. Notice how that verse started. For God knew his people in advance. The original language of in advance, it simply tells us that before the creation of the world, from eternity's past, God knew us. And as he knew us, he chose us to become like his son. It was God's idea from eternity past for you and I to become like Jesus. The second idea is, or the second truth is that it was God's idea from the moment of creation for to become like Jesus. I love this. Look, listen to these, listen to these verses. Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Genesis 1, 26 through 28. It tells us this. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the ground, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created them. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. From the moment of creation, God created both male and female in his own image. I love how later on in the Gospels, the Gospels would say that Jesus, Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. Jesus is the, he is the visible representation of the invisible God. So when God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Ultimately, from the moment of creation, it was God's idea for you and I to become like Jesus. 
And then the third point is that it's God's idea for us that we become like Jesus. It's God's idea for us today, excuse me. It's God's idea for us today to become like Jesus. 2 Corinthians 3.18, it tells us this. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more, catch this, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. So all of us who have had the veil removed, what is that veil? That veil is it, it, it's simply the religious mindset over our eyes and over our souls from seeing Jesus as he is and seeing us as we are. See, the reality is this, is you may believe in Jesus today, but do you see yourself as Jesus sees you? Man, that's hard for us because sometimes... We, we, we surrender our lives to Jesus, but we don't, and we, we begin to enter into this process of loving Jesus, but we don't slow down to receive the very love of Jesus for ourselves, therefore loving ourselves as God loves us. That veil, that veil needs to be removed today in order for us to properly become more and more like Jesus in this process of becoming more and more like Jesus. That veil needs to be removed. That veil needs to be removed over our eyes. It's like a spiritual blinder that is not of God, that has veiled our eyes and our minds and our souls from seeing Jesus as he really is, and seeing us as we really are. How is that veil removed? Well, simply, friends, the veil was removed on the cross. When Jesus died and said it was, and he uttered those words, it is finished, the scriptures would then go on and say, the veil was torn in two. My God, the veil was torn in two. Hebrew scholars, they say that the veil... The veil was essentially a division between God and humanity. And they say that the veil was anywhere from one inch to four inches thick. And it was 30 feet high and 60 feet wide. The scriptures tell us and history tells us that that veil was torn in two, completely torn in two. It was a supernatural moment, echoing of the very work of the cross, that Jesus not only died so that you might be saved, but Jesus died so that the veil over your eyes and over your heart would be removed. See, Jesus has done all of the work, now we need to enter in. We need to enter in. We need to enter into his glory. We need to have confidence to move past, to shake off that old, dead, religious veil and be who become all that we are to become. The fourth thing that it tells us is, or the fourth idea of God in us becoming like Jesus is this, is that it is God's idea in the future it is God's idea in the future for us to become like Jesus. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. It's a prophetic verse. It tells us of a moment that's yet to come. You see, I just read 2 Corinthians 3.18. 
And that is a, uh, that, that verse is the idea of that the Spirit of God is making us more and more like Jesus today. That it is a process for this present moment. First John 3.2 uh, is a verse telling of a future moment. Listen to what First John 3.2 says. Dear friends, we are already God's children. But he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know, we do know that we will be like him. For we will see him as he really is. This is talking about at the moment when Jesus comes back to rapture the church. And, the, and Thessalonians tells us that we will be caught up in the clouds with him. As we see him, we will be fully known like him. Our image will become fully like his as we fully see him. This is God's idea that in the future, we will become like Jesus. So becoming like Jesus is God's idea. Becoming like Jesus is God's idea. There's nothing worse than showing up to a project, showing up to perform something, and nothing is prepared. Uh, when I was at 19, that for about a year, I worked construction. And when I worked construction, I, I, you know, I, I was just one of the construction workers. My site manager um, was the worst, man. He was, I mean, he was a, somewhat of a nice dude, but he was, he was terrible at his job. Uh, I, would sh he, I would show up at a, at, a, at a site project and he would tell us, all right, all right, guys, here's what we're going to do today. And, you know, he would lay out the things that we were going to do either that day or for the next season. And then, okay, we would break out from that meeting and we would have to get all of the materials to do that project. Lo and behold, time after time, time again after time again, this site manager never had the materials that we needed. He had a few things, scraps here and there, but he was not prepared. He had called us to perform a task, but he didn't give us what we needed to perform our task. You see, oftentimes we become overwhelmed with the, this idea of becoming more and more like Jesus. We might hear the, the good news that becoming like Jesus is God's idea. That might bring some relief to us, but that doesn't solve the issue that in and of ourselves we can't perform that task. I want to tell you, that the scriptures would say that at the moment that Jesus resurrected in heaven, the deposit of his very own spirit came to reside in us. In other words, we lack nothing because the spirit of God who is everything lives within us. We lack nothing because the Spirit of God, who is our everything, lives in us. This is good news. Friends, whether it's moments of anxiety, moments of fear, moments of lostness, and you don't know how to counter-correct toward following Jesus, know this, you 
are not on your own. The very spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now lives within those that confess Jesus as their Lord. You have an overcoming power within you. You have all that you need. Rather, the scriptures would say, greater is he that is in us than he is that in, than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. All of the forces around us that are trying to pull at us to conform to its very own image have nothing to the greatness of he that is in us. Man, that is good news today. Becoming like Jesus is God's idea and he has given us his very own spirit to become like Jesus. You see, the reality is in our own strength, in our own strength, we would never be able to come like Jesus. Um, I, love, I love this quote from a man named William Temple. William Temple was an archbishop of old, and he's a man that you know loved Jesus. And even though he was a, a Catholic priest, he was one that really um, talked a lot about the message of the Spirit of God. And so William Temple said this. Listen to this. It says, Quote, it is no good giving me a play like Hamlet or King Lear and telling me to write a play like that. Shakespeare could do it. I can't. And it is no good showing me a life like the life of Jesus and telling me to live like that. Jesus could do it. I can't. But if the genius of Shakespeare could come and live in me, then I could write plays like his. And if the spirit of Jesus could come and live in me, then I could live like his. Did you notice that? If the spirit of Jesus, who is the Holy Spirit, if the spirit of Jesus could come and live in me, then I could live like his. God has given us all that we need in the process of becoming more and more like Jesus. There's a key word that I just said there, process. You see, the reality is, is from eternity's past, it was God's idea for you and I to become like his son. From the moment of creation, it was God's idea for you and I to become like Jesus. It is God's idea for you and I to become like Jesus today. And it is God's idea in the future for you and I to become like Jesus. But what God is so aware of, and we need to... We need to catch revelation to the compassion and to the slow mercies of God today. Namely for the reality that God understands that you and I becoming like Jesus is going to be a process. God is keenly aware that you and I becoming like Jesus is a process. And not only is it a process... Becoming like Jesus, it's a slow process. Becoming like Jesus is a slow process. I love these script, this scripture in Ephesians chapter 4. It says this, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Their, responsi their responsibility is equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ, 
This will continue. Did you notice that? This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, so that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the fullness and complete standard of Christ. Paul the Apostle wrote in Ephesians 4, saying, This will continue until the moment that we measure up to the full and complete standard of Christ. The Word of God tells us that we, we just read it in Ephesians 4. The Word of God tells us that God knows that it's going to be a slow process for you and I to become like Jesus. It's going to be a slow process. Friends, we need to have compassion on ourselves. If the God of all creation has compassion on you and I, in becoming like Jesus, and he has compassion so much so that he is okay with that process being a slow process. Friends, you and I need to, we need to get rid of perfection. We need to get rid of this false idea that God is expecting us to have perfection this moment, in a quick moment of becoming like Jesus. No, 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 no. It is God's idea for you to become, you and I to become like Jesus. And God is keenly aware that that is going to be a slow process. So friends, have compassion on yourself today. Have, have, have in compassion that, man, you and I are going to get things wrong. We're going we're, we're gonna to become like the world for a little bit. We're going to conform to our very own fallen image every once in a while. But I love how the scriptures say, though the righteous man may fall several times, he gets back up. And to contextualize that verse to becoming like Jesus, though we may get it wrong over and over and over again, the righteous man, the one who sees, the one who the veil was removed from our eyes, we become like Jesus. We press in. If God has compassion for you, man, have some compassion for yourself today. Extend the same compassion that God has for you and receive that to yourself. I want to end with this. Though the process of becoming like Jesus is slow, there are some very clear hindrances Standing in the way of you and I becoming like Jesus. These aren't all of the hindrances, but I believe these are the major hindrances that stands in, in, that stands in between you and I becoming like Jesus. The first one is shame and condemnation. Shame and condemnation would be that, that spirit of the enemy, the spirit of the false one continually waging war against our spirit. Not bringing life, but bringing shame and condemnation. Not speaking of who we are and who we are to become, but speaking of who we were and judging us for who we were. Speaking of the things that we've, gone, we've gotten wrong in the past. And shame and condemnation would be the spirit that would come and say, that's who, you, that's who you are. You're the things that you've done in the past. Those wrong things. That's who you are. 
Shame and condemnation, friends, are the number one thing to disable us to become like Jesus. The Bible says, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But yet, time and time again, some people choose to live under shame and condemnation. And hear me, hear me, that is not God's plan for you and I. God does not want to shame you. God does not want to condemn you. There is therefore no condemnation. All condemnation is gone for those who are in Christ Jesus. Rather, love and joy and the Spirit of God is living within us to remind us of who we are in Christ. One of the major hindrances in between you and I to become like Christ is shame and condemnation. Another one is ignorance. Ignorance. That some people would be so completely blind to their own need to their own need to become more like Jesus. They're just ignorant to, they have no, they have no spiritual blinders to the realities within their own heart and within their own life circumstances to become more like Jesus. The third one is there's a religious spirit, a religious spirit which want, which would want to focus on others' faults, on other people's places of becoming more and more like Jesus, so much so that we become, we become naive, we become closed-minded to our own process of becoming more and more like Jesus. A fourth one is habitual sin. Habitual sin is that defiant sin, and that defiant sin that they, they continually give their, that people continually give their lives over to it. Habitual sin is one of the major things that would slow our process would hinder our process of becoming like Jesus. And the last one that I, that I feel like is really prevalent in our process of becoming like Jesus is uh, this hindrance, sluggerness or laziness. Sluggerness or laziness is that idea of we know the things that we should do, but we just simply don't do it. We're too lazy. We're like sluggards. The question then begs, how do we become like Jesus. How then do we become like Jesus? You know, I could say read this Bible. I could say pray more. I could say serve the poor, serve those who have done you wrong. And all of those things would are, are holy. And all of those things would be right and just things to do. But friends, my heart tonight is less to give you practical applications to live out. Those, 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 those things are good. Like reading the Bible and praying and being a person of intercession and serving the poor and serving those who don't deserve to be served. Man, those are practical things and those are just things to do. But my goal tonight that I, that I feel like I've been sent here by Jesus to, I know those are, those are pretty bold words, but friends, the reality is this. In, for you and I to become like Jesus, we need to have this hunger and this passion birth within us to become more like Jesus, to have this heart's cry of more for Jesus. At the beginning of my sermon, we read Psalm 27, 
verse 4. And Psalm 27, verse 4, says this. One thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and made it meditating in His temple. Ultimately, what David is saying here is the one thing that David asks and the one thing that he sought for was God, for more of God. You see, the temple and the meditating on his on the scriptures, they were they were they were representative of God's very own presence. David knew his presence. God David was keenly aware of God's presence. And David, at the end of his life, he said, the one thing I ask of, the one thing I seek most is him, is Jesus, is his goodness, is his presence. And tonight, friends, that's the call. That's the call, is that you would become a person that would so long for the one thing, the one thing, and that one thing is the presence of God, is the presence of Jesus. I believe this, is if we would orient our lives in such a way that we would say, God, the one thing I ask, the one thing I seek is you. I believe all of the things will follow. Reading our scriptures will follow. Meditating, praying, serving the poor, serving those who don't deserve, don't deserve our service. All of those things will follow if the, if the climactic conclusion of our own heart, our own mind would be set on the one thing, which is Him. God has had an idea from eternity's past. God knew you would be here tonight watching this. God's idea for you and I today is to become more and more like Jesus. We don't have to be we don't have to be overwhelmed by that idea because God has given us everything that you and I need to become like Jesus. And now God is waiting. He's waiting for sons and daughters. He's waiting for sons and daughters to rise to live with the with the climactic conclusion of their own hearts with their own with the passion of their souls that the one thing that we would seek the one thing that we would ask is for him for him i want to pray in these next few moments but if you're watching right now and you've yet to surrender your life to jesus the bible says that you can't earn your salvation that we receive grace it's a free gift of God. We receive grace and that is how we are saved. We are saved from ourselves. We are saved from this world. We are saved for an eternity with him that is yet to come. But we are saved right now if we openly confess with our mouths and we believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord who he says he is and we confess that. It's all it is. It's a confession and a belief and a receiving of God's grace. If you want to make that decision tonight, would you just somehow get a hold of us? Would you let us know? We're not going to override your privacy. We want to just celebrate you and we want to be connected because we know this. We are better together. 
So go ahead and just write in the comment box or shoot us an email at info at belltownchurch.com. Just say something simple like, I gave my life to Jesus tonight. I gave my life to Jesus tonight. Just let us know. And for those of us here, maybe we've lost, we've lost sight of our first love tonight. Maybe we've lost sight of the one thing that truly matters. The world around us and the, and the, and, and the enemy around us would want to distract us from the one thing and get our eyes on many things. The reality is this, friends, that God is beckoning of us tonight to be a people of passion, to be a people that would be about the one thing, the one thing I seek, the one thing I ask is of Jesus. And if that's you, wherever you're at, I want you to put your hands just over your heart and over your belly. The scriptures say that he comes to reside within us, within our bowels, within the deepest places of us. So just go ahead in a way of, a symbolic way of just go ahead and place your hand over your belly, place your hand over your heart. The heart of the place of where we cultivate desire and passion for him. Your spiritual heart. I'm just gonna pray over you right now. Lord, I pray for every single person responding. God, I pray that your spirit would quicken within them passion and fire for you, God. I pray that there would just be this burning fire within them. Lord, a refining fire, but a cultivating fire, an intimate fire for more of Jesus. We hear your call tonight, God. We hear your call to become more like Jesus, and we say yes again. We want to become more like Jesus. We want the fullness of Jesus to reside within us. We want when people look like us to see Jesus. We want people to, when they hear us, we want them to hear Jesus. Man, we want to be like you, God. We want to be like you, Jesus. So Holy Spirit, would you just rise within us passions to become like you. Holy Spirit, I pray over our hearts tonight that our hearts would be cultivated with intimacy and desire to become more like Jesus. Teach us, oh Jesus, how to be passionate for you, how to cultivate intimacy and desire for you. God, we want to be all that you're calling us to be. Remove the veil so that we would see you fully and that we might see ourselves fully as well as you see us. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you've given us all that we need to be like you. And from this day forward, God, teach us to be a, a people that would become more and more like Jesus. We pray this. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen.